Hello, and welcome to Mist World, a post-apocalyptic world that is covered in a permanent and deadly mist. Survivors cling to remote villages and towns at the summit of mountains, connected by a fleet of powerful and fast Oracle-class airships. These airships, however, are starting to disappear one by one mid-flight. All signs point to a deadly and powerful adversary, and one that must be destroyed before all is lost. Mistworld is the creation of Dan Machuka and is played using the Tiny Dungeon TTRPG system. Now, settle in and enjoy the show. Welcome to the uh, last episode of Mistworld Air, uh, where we are doing a bit of a roundup post-season uh, chat with the with our players. Uh, we are unfortunately short uh, Kirsten, who played Neely, but the others are all here and uh, will be not talking about Squilk, I hope, for the first time. Um, I, I uh, you know we will. <laughs> that was... Yeah, you asked for highlights, and that was at the top of the list. Tonight's episode brought to you by Squilk. As I thick love as that you reminded crunchy. us of it, too. Oh, uh, that was my first mistake. I'm hungry and I'm tired, and I'm giving you okay, ways to torture me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought probably the best way or easiest way to kind of go through what we have done is just kind of go through each of the ep- I was going to like do a quick rundown of what happened in each episode really quickly mm-hmm. because it's been so long since you guys like took out a bunch of goblins who were coming towards the airship uh and then who then turned out to be mr whitber slash connor's relatives <laughs> which was not planned at the time um so yep. let me just bring them up because i didn't i should have had them ready because i had this for and then didn't plan which is not like me. I'm usually better at that. Uh, in the meantime, well, talk well, about yourselves. You, while you look, I would like to thank our listening audience for putting up with this all this time and our sexual innuendos, squilk and all. It's uh, been appreciated. <laughs> As a, yeah, my uh, low light. <laughs> <laughs> your low light was the squilk, or was your low light my highlight, which happened to be <laughs> the, uh, the goat games? Well, the uh, the fact that squ- that that I created the word the word squilk is to my eternal shame. Anyway, <laughs> so yes, so first episode, uh, as I intimated, so you guys were on board the ship. Uh, it's attacked by a bunch of desperate goblins trying to get on board. Um, you guys managed to help fight them off, and you were then uh, chosen by your outer outer egos to uh, lead a mission to try and find out where all the other. Uh, ships were going and what was happening to them <laughs> uh episode two was the tale of squilk and cookies it started that bloody early uh <laughs> what a great where name. you guys um uh went out and were on you in, in the world henry uh was recovering from being attacked by the uh air squid and co- we coined the term squilk along with making some latte art um, you found the ancient dwarven ruin, which is where uh, you guys found the lightning cannon, and on you, and went on your way from there. Um, <clears> going back to that your... episode, uh, mm. while we're, while we're thinking about it, what was in the filing cabinet? 
So the word I decided was that it was going to be schematics for an offense. <laughs> so you had something offensive and you had something defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to invent what that defensive thing was on the spot. I was just like, that was just got to be my way of balancing it. Um, Got it. Uh, so the idea was that yes, you beat the, there was this uh, filing cabinet that had like uh, clay tablets with a schematic on it, and yeah, as a security measure, the um, these golems came out and smashed that up before trying to smash you guys up. Nice, nice, because I know that... uh, Neely was very keen on what was in that one. So <laughs> I actually that episode was all of it was a highlight for me. I really enjoyed. <laughs> just the the shenanigans that we went through to completely fail to get really anything <laughs> useful out of it and the dwarf height trap that Neely walked into and the rest of us didn't even notice like that was fantastic that I just that was it made cool. me very happy see I I, I love there's a a series of trap books and they don't go into like, oh, you know, you need to roll a DC, whatever, to uh, clear it. It just describes the trap. Um, and I just find those so much better uh, as for my prep than having a list of, you know, it's an arrow trap that you need to try and avoid. Nice. Yeah. nice. But yeah, no, that was very funny. And it really played into the difference in the height for our characters. You know, set that visual idea that we all three foot nothing. And we just walk around <laughs> to someone who we literally have to look up to the whole time. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, um, there's a Family Guy reference too. I feel like a pig among guinea pigs, and <laughs> there's just all these guinea pigs standing around a pig, and the pig's there like, "I know who's in charge here." <laughs> <laughs> and she took charge, so I guess she is the pig among the guinea pigs. That's it. Um, and then the third episode, and this is my favorite because it has the, my favorite NPC, um, which is when you guys go to the library. I kind of screwed up the library, I admit, but you guys came across Henry's brother um, oh, and yes. had that little interaction with him at the start. Uh, had a the chase through the town to avoid the goblin bakers and then met the blue sister. Yeah, I think um, that was... That was a really big changing episode for uh, Neely as a character. She went from the, you know, the tough one to the big sister, almost in that one regarding Henry. She, you know, got this, there was a big change in her attitude from, God, I got to look after this kid to, I have to look after this kid. You know, it's, it was, yeah. a, it was a, it was an interesting episode and a very strong there was change of dynamic. character growth there mm. for sure. Well, it, it coincided with because that's that was the first episode, I believe, when you guys leveled up. So she had mm-hmm. that charismatic leadership trait that she that she took on. Yeah. Um, so I think that helped cement that feeling that now she could legitimately boss you around and have a benefit. <laughs> um, I, I like things that me- mechanically reward that. Yeah, that's good. No, and it was it was yeah a nice character development episode. Uh, for both, I think, because, I mean, Henry had his moments and he became very unsure of himself and in the polar opposite, you know, nearly became more of the leader. And, yeah, it was interesting. And, uh, and Connor, you and I had had some discussion about your past leading up to that. How did you feel getting chased by your family members and not quite knowing why? Um, that was, that was, that was interesting because I, 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 we discussed roughly what happened, but I had no idea what was really going on. Um, mm. So it was just like with these all these goblins, and then you know, I, 
trying to get everyone away from the rest of the family and, mm-hmm. and still just act like, you know, nothing's 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 there to worry about. You know, it's just, you know, who knows what it, it was, could have been, crime or or or, or, or something else. It um, wasn't that you were trying to act like nothing was wrong. You were trying to make it Henry's fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. nothing was wrong with, with Mr. Whitburn. Oh, uh, yes. The most important. Uh, out of curiosity, what did you plan if Mr. Whitby ended up getting caught by his relatives? Yeah. What was the end goal in that situation? Literally, an invitation to dinner. <laughs> like, an invitation to dinner, awkward hugs, a, a where have you been, and hopefully reconciliation as they realize that he didn't deliberately burn down the the, the original bakery. Uh, as was revealed revealed in the future background episode, which I think is the one after this one. Yep. Fair enough. That's good. And I mean, how did they find out that Mister Whitbo is in town? Because they were clearly searching for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the idea was that because you guys were spotted leaving, um, so they kind of reported back to the patriarch, which is his brother. Yep. Um, saying we spotted someone who looks like, you know, Uncle Uncle. Um, Cripes, I've forgotten your your real real name now. Um, but yeah, the spotted someone that looks like Uncle. It could it be it could it be the, the the one who's missing, and so they would start like looking for him. And then yeah, in the background, that's somebody would have seen you guys walk into the library in the morning because you're hustling, you weren't paying attention to your surrounds, and that's when they started the searching the search party. <laughs> it was Henry, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, and in the fourth episode, which was the kind of, uh, as mentioned, that bonus family episode. I do think um, that that was one of my favorites, just because it was ridiculous. In oh, every yeah. Way. Mine too. <laughs> you you enjoyed great. playing a loathsome child who wanted to be a future gang leader. Yep, that's it. That's it. The hard ass um, with a bad, the bad ass with the heart of gold. Mm. Um, that whole episode genuinely terrified me. <laughs> Why? Hey, you, what you was terrifying? <laughs> you were the only one with plot armor, yeah. That's why. <laughs> I had to look after two children. <laughs> it's surprisingly entertaining to play just a child who has got no idea what the real world is like. Reckless abandon, yeah. Yeah, and I've nice. never been anybody's baby sister, so that was kind of fun too. <laughs> and now you know the joys of pissing off everyone around you. <laughs> Yep. You're gonna say you, you never knew being a child, so I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a responsible child in the real world. I was like the eldest in my group of my parents' friends. All had kids, mostly because I was apparently very cute as a a one and two year old. So they're all two to three years younger than me. I was always the responsible one, so <laughs> it's kind of fun not being. <laughs> so you're literally the trendsetter. Yeah. <laughs> okay i mean i was the youngest so uh, but i was also like a, a christmas present as i refer to myself um <laughs> nice uh yeah, no, i too am the eldest of my collective of grandchilds and in every way so i was the trendsetter as well for my family so it's, yeah it was interesting to play the other way around but i just channeled all the youngins that i had to live <laughs> with and uh, yep. this is this is how terrible it was May the world endure it. Well, the other yeah. part, 
uh, the other part I liked about it as well was, um, yeah, just being trying to work out how I was going to make the bakery explode and never mm-hmm. like. I, I kind of relied on this idea of, of the of um, flour mills exploding because of the particulates in the air, and I was just like, right, fuck it, magical flour, done. <laughs> That's what I ended up settling on at the last minute. Um, I don't know how well I hide how much I do it sometimes at the last minute, like <laughs> the final decisions made. But, I think uh, it's fairly well hidden. You know, yeah. you could pass that off as being planned in advance, but. I actually think that's the mark of a good DM that you can just improv no matter what <laughs> weird fuckery your characters get into. Oh, you mean like a seagull based goblin gang? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just how it works, you know? Oh, uh, you know, we're going to race goats this session. Well, no, that, one, that one I had, I had like two weeks to plan. And we'll get yes. it. Well, I'll talk about that when we get there. Um, Right now, then the episode after that, we had uh, the the first time the shiny beetle was in a fight uh, when he took tried to take out that rock, the giant oh, yeah. uh, eagle, um, and then you made your way to the uh, to the cult uh, to the dragon cult's compound, um, having been went, given the mission to retrieve it. That went super smoothly. In there was no <laughs> faults whatsoever. I mean, for my part, I own completely Deus Ex Machina you getting you guys onto that path but <laughs> it worked and uh you guys didn't pay attention to all the words i was using and um yeah it was fine it's good it's good now in that episode what mm-hmm. was the purpose of the talking statue it just lies lies uh, it just literally just lies about everything so it's it's more of a delay tactic got it um, got it but also like so when i created that i i use a website called dodge don john d-o-n-j oh yeah another one google yep. it um and you can just randomly generate like small du- dungeons and that's li- what i did so it's it created it creates like little um scenery in the background and one of those things was in this room there's a statue that lies i'm like oh these guys are gonna suffer because of this statue <laughs> i am and, shocked that i didn't pick that up I, I don't know how you didn't either. I mean, I mean, I was, I was being ridiculous with that statue being like focusing on the fact that it was half naked. I remember that yeah. much about it, mm-hmm. but I never clicked that it was just lying the whole time. I just, yeah. I don't There's know. Nobody in this room, wink, which should have been a really obvious. Uh, <laughs> I just thought he was a dick. <laughs> also, yes. I was, also, I was yes. like, God, here we go, this guy. I never picked up that he was just constantly lying. Yeah. But that's really in character for you, because yeah. Henry Henry wouldn't have picked up that he was lying. I think he just Henry believed that everyone was honest. Really similar in some things. Yeah, <laughs> except that you're taller by yeah. quite a considerable amount. Yeah, that's it. About three Henrys make up me. Three Henrys in a trench coat, yeah. <laughs> pretending <laughs> to have their their ducks well, in a guys, row. Guys, we use metric, not imperial here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll get free Henry's to the lucky or <laughs> Henry's to the lucky and four luckies to a mile. I mean technically it's three point two Henry's to a lucky, but we we can round it for ease. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean Dan's the... making the fence I'm again. Not to break. <laughs> the there was an option to was it the sh- the shrinking down of that catapult or what the, the yes. ballista, that was 
we all just completely missed that. I think was what yeah. happened there, wasn't it? Yeah, we so really it did. It didn't shrink so much. It was, it was just a bag of holding. It's yeah. a good old. They stashed it in a bag of holding. They tied it to the ballista. I described it. I kind of hinted that they must have had some way of getting this thing around really easily for them to steal it the way they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they left the they just left the tied to the thing for convenience. And again, so I'd be like, oh, this, and this weirdly, this is bag strapped to the blister. Anyway, blah 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 blah. And like, nobody I think kind we of were all just this weird thing. like really tired or something that session <laughs> because we just we just missed that hundred percent. And you're yeah. right, the clues were there. It should have been really obvious. And just none of us, none of us picked it up. So we were trying to fit this thing through the doorway. That was the thing, you know? Yeah. It was very much to me, it was like that episode of Friends where they're pivoting the couch around the corner. Yep. I mean, (laughs) uh, uh, Neely wasn't there that episode either, was... Well, and but her and Darling were also flying around providing their support. So, I mean, yeah, I'm curious as to whether... (laughs) <laughs> as a player we would have done better <laughs> guess possibly there. possibly dan keeps on talking about a bad guys because moving on to the next episode this, this is the the sixth one it's called have you heard the word of our master um it's the second half of that that ziggurat scenario and again i start very deliberately saying there's this bag hanging from the ballista anyway um <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have the tired excuse for that one yeah, I just don't. I think we're like, yeah, well, it's a bag. What of it? <laughs> yep, pretty much. So it's it's lucky then that I got the bad guys to to, to come out and show you. Yeah, <laughs> I think I it think... would have been much funnier to just to try and push it through all these tiny doorways and you know spend the next three episodes trying to get it outside three rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, yes. Efficient, maybe no. Probably not the best use of airtime, though. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so in that episode, so episode six, uh, it's called uh, "Had the Word of Our Master." So you guys managed to steal. You, you eventually worked out how to steal the ballista so easily. I put that in the show notes. Um, <laughs> you, had a, you had a quick detour, and then you found yourselves in the Clockwork City, uh, and that's when Danny invented a goat, uh, <laughs> a goat um, festival for me to have to work with for the next two weeks loved that i love that so much just uh, for the listening audience dan's face as we kept talking about all these little intricacies of the gladiator tournaments of goats and uh, it was it was perfect it just made it he just you're watching him melt into his hands we're just like oh god no i shouldn't have given it was like the school lead. face but but more so <laughs> but my, my, my revenge was making you eat uh pinky i believe what's its name your green goat. <laughs> good, good. Yes. he had it coming anyway he wasn't really <laughs> revenge it's delicious <laughs> in in um, that episode that drifting mm-hmm. hunter ship that we found mm-hmm. was that just a way to get us to go to uh i know we were already going to hornescali hornescali you're, you're already I aware there because you'd already been told yeah um so was there anything with the hunter ship that we we missed again as well? No, honestly, it was just more um, because I've done because I was planning. So I've done a lot of family and other connection stuff with Lockie slash Henry and his brother. I've done a lot of family, a lot of family stuff with Connor and um, and Mister Whipper's family and, and kind of resolving that situation. 
you were on your way to see your mentor at Honoskali. Mm-hmm. So you you guys have kind of all had this little kind of connections to the world. I wanted to give, if we had the time in the episode, I wanted to give Neely that same kind of, this is her culture. This is her kind of connection as a character. Um, okay. And so that's all that was, was. This is kind of like, um, yeah, until until we get to uh, future episodes where we might have more of Neely's family, uh, this is just a way of kind of letting them have still have a connection to what's going on nice. and letting her be able to you know do things like communicating by the flags the, the semaphore flags i think they're called mm. and um and uh kind of knowing you know this is kind of code that you need to look after each other was that my way of kind of connecting you that way nice. that's really cool yeah give everyone their own moment that's cool yeah i really Ooh. like that you managed to put all of these connections for our characters into the world as well it it made it I mean, obviously we felt more connected to the world, but it makes it more mm-hmm. real when your characters have a history and the history actually affects the story. It was really nice. Mm. Well, yeah. I actually, since we started, I started playing Traveller. I don't know if you guys have played Traveller yeah, before. great game. Um, so much fun, but even like making the characters, what happens is you, you kind of, you make so the good. stats up for your character and they're 18 years old, and then you roll dice for what happens in the next five years. And you do that four times until they're, you know, in their mid thirties. Um, and in that way, they've had a career. So you're rolling to see if they've passed university, if they've entered the Marines, if they're oh, yeah. successfully been a trader. They went to prison. Um, I mean, in the original version, they used <clears> to be able to die during character creation. Um, I think so you still they, can. They, yeah, they limited it a little bit and put it as an optional add-in for the, I think it was version two of Traveler, but mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it, it's a fantastic system just to create characters, even give yourself a backstory for other games as well. It's it's yes. you've got a table for everything. It's great. That's right. I mean, I rolled out my character in my head. I was going to be a mechanic and completely failed because my roles kept on giving me marine leadership skills. I'm like, I don't want to tell people what to do. Stop doing that, Rock Dice. <laughs> I um, heard rumor that uh, Firefly was based on a traveler game. Like the Wouldn't the writers me. the writers tra- uh, home traveler game was mm-hmm. what inspired Firefly the TV show. So, oh. Yeah, but I'd heard I'd the same about it. the Expanse, and both of them sound plausible. Maybe I'm mixing maybe I'm mixing up the Expanse. It could be the Expanse mm. I'm thinking of. Anyway, um, and then so we had second last episode. Tough get going. Uh, the home. Oh, sorry, no, I skipped one. We had the Groat piece, the Groat Prix, as I called it, <laughs> as opposed to the Grand Prix or the Groat Prix. I decided to combine them. So, yes, yeah, <laughs> so you guys uh, had the Groat race of a lifetime. I had my work cut out for me trying to get, work out a way to get, keep you all involved uh, in the race, um, which I think I did. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. think it went really well. It, that It was a fun episode, the Goat race. <laughs> I'm sure the audience uh, thought, get on with it. But as players, <laughs> we very much enjoyed it. I just love the fact that the ending was a UFO uh, combination of the two chariots spinning up. Yep. <laughs> the, the, the gloves are absolutely off on, off on those die rolls. Um, uh, to say for, for me, I, I think I, I ended up sending the feedback through to Dan. The goat racing was, was probably... I didn't find it super enjoyable. But really? Just just certain um just certain ways it was sort of presented, I guess. I to to me, I did it, I'm saying to Dan, felt super dissatisfying. Like 
playing through it when it's like, okay, you fail the roll and then you sort of stopped in your tracks, right? Yeah. And I was like, I, it might, it, you know, it might have felt better for us to like continue with, with motion, but other parts are faster or, or things like that. So it's not like you're stopped. Uh, you, you're still going, but you know, I was going as fast as you were before. Yeah. Which, so it, you know, it, it did more sort of a of... failure, critical failure type of thing, you know, maybe on a crit yeah. fail, you would come to a complete halt. But I mean, you came up with this game on the fly anyway, didn't you? <laughs> the whole well, process. I kind of, um, so I steal everything and I Oops. own being an RPG thief. And so what I did was I pulled elements of Savage Worlds, which if you've ever played the vehicle combat uh, of that, uses um, playing cards. So you draw a playing card, and that will decide if you get a penalty or a bonus um, on your driving roll before mm. you start. So I kind of approximated that with the D6 rolls at the start of each turn. Um, and that's how you had, like, yeah, these kind of weird, whack, weird and wacky penalties that you had to kind of surmount in order to proceed. What I probably could have done to 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 Connor's point was made it so that no matter what you move forward a square, uh, and then you were rolling to move forward two or three. Yeah. Um, so that way it would, it would keep that that kind of idea of motion. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just more kind of again I was just borrowing this kind of this racing system from Savage Worlds. Um, but who knows? Maybe I'll try it again, and well, well I'll take that on board. Don't know how yet. Don't even know what's going to happen next. I do, but I'm just lying. Um, yeah, it's um, nice that yeah. that hand at the end grabbed all the goats and took them too. I mean, it's just it's crazy. <laughs> Spoilers, Lucky. Sorry, sorry. Audience, we'll delete that in the final cut. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in the bloopers. Yeah. And then, yeah, everyone got to meet friends old and new. So you had your pet cat, whose name I can never remember because I don't Mr. know Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. That's why it was out of my head. <laughs> hate you guys. Uh, <laughs> you love us, then, really. <laughs> and then you had, uh, yeah, so you had your mentor, your brother, um, not your brother, um, but, um, and then you had, sorry, Mr. Whitber's niece turning up. Um, so you had, yeah, all these little connections. Um, and you guys got to build the um, Hope and Grace as a uh weaponized ship. Oh yeah. actually no, that was the next episode. The tough get going. Yeah. I I feel like we definitely got the ship that we would get as novice ship builders <laughs> who had no idea what they were really doing and chose things based on whether they sounded cool or not. Because mm. that is literally what we did. And then when we ended up fighting using the ship, we were like, oh wait. It would have been really useful if we had this other ability that we didn't pick. Yeah. <laughs> so, that of everything. I think that was that was actually completely accurate to what we should have gotten. <laughs> we should have paid more attention during the rock fight. <laughs> that's that's what's it amounting to. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to say it, but yes. Um, <laughs> and honestly, that's why I did the rock fight. So I did the rock fight in order to kind of show you guys this is how it's yeah. going to work in the in the real in the real deal, guys. And then extrapolated from there um, in terms of the rest of the process. Um, and also, how did you guys feel kind of with those NPCs kind of being, kind of, I feel like I force fed them in too much sometimes. 
But how did which, you guys feel about that? Which NPC is referring to here? Well, so you had the cat, you had oh, yeah, Astrakhan's okay. mentor, you had Miss Whipper's niece, and for you, it was just kind of whether you know, you're going to stay as a, as a passenger or not. Kind of, how did you feel about thinking about that? Yeah, no, it was good. I mean, I think I, I, I like NPCs in, in that they add, you know, the expanse to the world. I mean, when you're just interacting with ourselves, we can only build on so much, but it's those other people and how they interact with us. I mean, the character which I was playing, the Alistair McFloundry, the uh, <laughs> douchebag manager of passengers, the way that he interacted with Henry towards the end when I had that minor moment just being like, oh yeah, cool, we've lost a third of the crew to death, so you can have your old room back, good luck. Um, just that kind of douchebag in the world, I'm like, this isn't always a great place in general you know it's it's those moments where you get to experience the world for what it is you know there are still the money hungry people and the uh the people that see the world through innocent eyes and those who want to keep things the way they are it's just you know it's nice to see that these things still exist in the world and it's not just hey everyone we've we've got an adventure let's roll it out but yeah i'm pro npc anyway it's you know i think the the interactions that you know are forced for characters like the actual player characters it, it makes it fills them out as well because mm. you know that you know you can with an npc you get a little more leeway and you can treat them like shit and it will you know they'll be gone tomorrow whereas you uh try and do that to the player characters and everyone's like i don't want to play with you anymore <laughs> yeah and it's a challenge it's a role-playing challenge to say you know okay suddenly here's your long lost cousin or niece or nephew you know how do you interact with them which you haven't necessarily thought about as a character and i'm i'm looking at mr whitby here or for my character this mentor it's like how do you interact with your mentor like i wrote a line about my mentor in my backstory and i have not thought about them since but i'm going to make it up on the fly it's good for us to have to do that so I like it. I'm pro NPC as well. The same reason. Excellent. And I mean, Colin when um, you... sorry, when Henry met his brother Dimitri, mm. that's his name, isn't it? You, you called him Dimitri, which was just a, an amazing, you know, hard right turn from the naming strategies going from Henry <laughs> to you know Dimitri. Well, Dimitri sounded much cooler, and I wanted him to be the cool <laughs> paladin that the world knew and was famous. <laughs> and his brother Henry and it's just <laughs> but I mean I think a lot of Henry's actions always like there was a lot of moments where he was reflecting back onto what Dimitri said to him being that you know you'll amount to nothing go home and there was all these times where Henry had to fight those thoughts and you know whether nearly pulled him back out of it or he did something to be like I am worth something you know it, it, it was that that moment after like moments after that conversation we had which I think influenced a lot of henry's actions which was kind of cool and then we had the bus fight where nothing much happened um <laughs> yeah that so was, that was yeah that was i don't need i don't think i need to describe what happened there how do you guys how do you guys feel that it turned out uh well i mean henry died nearly more than once um <laughs> And I mean, I think uh, from Henry's point of view or my point of view as a character, I'm like, Henry would only 
shoot at disadvantage if he's got any of these guns. So yeah. he's probably not too useful in the helm. And then I'm like, well, I'm Henry's really a one trick pony in that he's got a shield and can counter. So I'll use what I can to my advantage there. Um, so being on the roof of the thing was, yeah, it, it was probably my best option as opposed like to try and save some of that damage that we kept taking. Cause it, it didn't look like a winnable fight for most of it. I don't know about you, what you guys thought, but Although it didn't seem like a winnable fight to me, it felt easy. Like I was expecting it to be much more brutal as soon as this dragon came out and we just saw it tear through the other, you know, uh, blimp ship. Yeah. And yeah, getting getting to the end and finding that it wasn't actually the real big bad put that fight into a good context. Because it was, it was a weird combination of being a fight that almost killed us all that still felt weirdly easy, even though we were losing. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, you go fighting a black hole, you know you're going to lose, but how easily are we going to lose? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, I think I mentioned to you guys that I, um, I play tested that fight uh, in person with some people uh close by to me um and one of the things that they did that i was half expecting you guys to do and i didn't want to give you the idea beforehand was they used um uh astrakhan's new tripwire weapon to basically tie the dragon to the hope and grace so it couldn't take off anymore and then one of them jumped onto the ship onto the dragon and um and rode it into the mist, basically, <laughs> uh, to um, to their doom. Once it once it died, like they couldn't get, they they tried to get free. Oh no, they managed to get free just in time. But um, yeah, they almost uh, they almost went down with the with the dragon. That's so I, like, a, oh, I would that, not. That's want really to, smart. That was, I would not want to have tied it to the hope and grace. I, if, to me, it just sounds like the <laughs> no, no. Will... If I had thought of that, totally would have done it. That is actually <laughs> really? better. To yeah, me, that sounds like we're taking down the hope and grace. That, that, that's idea. sacrificing the hope but, and grace. But you've met my character, right? Astrakhan <laughs> is not good with the forethinking. It's like, tie a dragon to the ship? Excellent. The ship will be able to hit it every time then. Yeah, no, I, I hear that and think, wow, the dragon can hit the ship every time then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, there was a bit of that too. Uh <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, 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 with the Cisco going down, like that first ship going down, so I didn't roll for that. I was just like, here's the plan, here, and now here's it's fucked. Here it is yeah. fucked. So just step one, change the, um, and, and change that kind of expectation. Uh, I know other GMs will roll for those kind of things. And I'm like, eh, I'm just changing the environment. Like, I don't need to roll for that. Because how should it have been if he had a critical fail and just got stuck in the cave or something? Mm. So... Um, yeah, that was my thinking with that no, moment. Fair thinking. Yeah. Um, plus, because... I wouldn't have wanted to GM a secondary ship anyway. <laughs> yes, well, that, that was also part of it. Was just like, hey, you guys are number two to one. No, you don't. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> because I don't want to do that. The other yeah. ship end up surviving. So it got made safe after the dragon was was saved, um, but it does get, uh, you know, spoilers alert, it does get yanked down. Uh, along with the hope and grace. Nice. Nice. Bard has conflicted feelings about that. (laughs) (laughs) What are your your feelings on that? My my feelings? I was talking about that. uh, 
acquired the spider. It's like, oh, <laughs> is Axis st still alive? Like, good or bad? Well, he he, well, he's dead, so he doesn't care either. Anyway. Oh, he's dead. Oh, yeah, he got squished by the dragon at one point. I didn't. I, I, didn't yeah. he, I thought he fell down into the uh, into the mist. I didn't know where he got. Squished. No, he fell down into the mist. You're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so that's why I was like, maybe he's you know webbed onto the edge of a cliff or something, depending on how whether he can breathe in that mist long enough. But you know, he just makes a little egg cocoon around himself. Good luck to him. <laughs> possibly. Um, so and, and how did you guys feel about that? Uh, the the final knife twist at the end there. Where even after we won, we lost. It yeah. was not unexpected. <laughs> Honestly, I was I was waiting for some kind of twist to be like, you haven't actually saved the world, and there's some terrible thing that's going to happen. The there were too many epilogues that had too many things going on for it to just be the dragon. Yeah, like, to be fair, to be fair, the only one, the only one, one of those epilogue kind of things that doesn't get tied up is Neely's kid. All the rest get resolved. Um, maybe it doesn't sound like it. Maybe I didn't make that clear enough. But yes, no, like no. the dragon cult's done with. Uh, it was Miss Whipper's niece that was hiding in the crates, trying to hide away from Keyquab. Um, I think that was one of the earlier ones that sounded more sinister than I meant it to. <laughs> uh, it's interesting, though, if you look back and you think, Hey, maybe the dragon was fighting that horrible evil, and that's why he was weak. And the dragon cult has actually been supporting him, so they're the good guys, and we just fucked them up. <laughs> I um... did kind of get a slight feeling in that direction, honestly. <laughs> Are we the bad guys? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you know, you have those moments where there's like that meme where it's like, um, you know, is it is it a where, warehouse? Like, is it a house that <laughs> yeah. turns hairy? And the DM's like, it is now. Like, oh, maybe, maybe it is now. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean we, we never had fun. a conversation with them. It was always just, what are you doing here? Let's slaughter each other. Good. Problem <laughs> solved. They were more of a straightforward villain. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's all of it. Um, I, I did ask you guys for the highlights and lowlights as well. I'll get, I'll read out Neely's one because they're not there because Kirsty's not here. Um, so I'm just going to read it verbatim. So my highlights are Keekweb, a truly brilliant character idea, beautifully executed, darling, and the relationship with Astrakhan, a goldmine of humor and functionality, my spiritual son, Henry, with his commie tragic uh, backstory and his rise to genuine heroism, and all the epilogues, especially from episode one, when I didn't know it was coming. Lowlights, as a player, have been technical issues, as a character has been letting the crew down, but are helping enough when they retrieve the dragon killer. So yes, the, the technical problems have been frustrating but we seem to have resolved most of them by now yeah um yeah. good times henry slash lucky did you want to go first look i mean i think honestly my highlights have always been the spirals into chaos that make you put your face in your hands uh starting with you know you got squilk goats and then every time we took innuendos and just really <laughs> over and over got them just in there to the point of this is painful to listen to and i apologize to the audience because i too have listened back to some of these things and been like all right i've taken it too far we're, we're, we're really mainly doing this to annoy dan it is it is a hundred percent i just see his face and i can't help myself we don't we don't, um, we, don't we find it a little bit funny but the, the more amusing is, is watching dan 
just die inside. So what you're saying is, is he's he's just got the innuendo face on. Yeah. It's this beautiful story prepared for you guys. <laughs> Dick joke. That's it. That is a hundred percent it. Um, Are they and, minor miners? Yeah, <laughs> minor miners. I, I now say cave workers in all my campaigns now, thanks to you guys. <laughs> Moving forward, you're doing the workers. They're workers in caves. <laughs> uh, it just doesn't matter that they're under ten. Um, there you go got the face I love the highlight um, is torture and, and any so, lowlights yeah that's my highlight is just gm torture um yeah. i think my low light is i still i'm not a huge fan of the system i, I it's mm. only i mean granted i built henry in a particular way but i do feel like he is a one-trick pony and i built him mm. as such but um i mean a lot of us always kept going back to that same repeat actions over and over again mr whitwood would fire nearly would fly and dodge yeah and then uh danielle and uh sorry astrakhan and darling they were the, they're the ones who had a lot of variety i mean mm. uh, darling itself would did everything from spy espionage to flying ship shooting and she was our most most multifunctional character and you know look, it's fine it's just uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's that's the part which limited me a little. But I mean, I made up for it in just chaos and roleplay, and I enjoyed that. But it's as from the system's point of view, I wasn't a huge fan of, you know, the limits to what you can do. Fair but enough. I mean, again, it always comes down to roleplay and how you play a character. And again, I, I blame a lot of it myself of I picked a character that could shield, react, and, you know, react to being shielding. So, um, yeah, that's that's probably where it, it comes back to is how I built my character more than the system, but mm. I, I do feel limited by the system for that reason as well. Fair enough. But other than that, yeah, no, good. Uh, Connor? Um, my, my highlight was really playing the spider character. I think I enjoyed them more than, than Mr. Whitford, to be honest. Mm. Um, cake web, yeah, cake web. Um, it was yeah, thoroughly enjoyable playing. Um, and then I obviously can't get past the just torturing Dan with things. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's really the reason I play much more than like any other story that Dan has come <laughs> up with. That's that's to the side. It's it's filler between these moments that Dan is going through right this very second. We should work a bingo chart on the side. We'll have a separate chat going where we can just cross off things we can say to get Made the... Made uh... pinches those. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. a <laughs> square. Um, Dan stops yes ending. Yeah. <laughs> um, then my other big highlight has just been putting together different memes and putting them into the Discord. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's... Yes, that's just, a... just on that note, yes. Connor is an absolute wizard at uh at, at paying, putting up memes personalized memes not just you know googling some shit on the internet like creating them on the fly in the middle of these sessions um, was, so if you wonder why it, yeah there was if it's like being quiet it's because he's frantically making a meme there was an episode that absolutely broke me and i i had to just turn off my mic because i was done and he'd it was a reference to us having to shoot the dragon up its butthole and he'd uh 
he'd photoshopped this beautiful meme of the pilots from Star Wars trying to shoot the tiny hole on the Death Star, but replaced the Death Star with the dragon's anus. And it, the how he got the image and the way it all worked it was insanely beautiful. And I lost it. I, it was it was the highlight. Beautiful of is one word for it. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was so perfect words. in every way, and I was ruined. I was wetting myself for about five minutes only to chime in when I had to to go back to laughing. And oh, it was good. So good. Um, lowlights for me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have to 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 echo Lucky uh, a little bit. With with the um, the way the, the the system played out, it was it was it was interesting, but it, it sort of didn't feel like we had. It was a little too open ended for me. Mm. Uh, I guess I, I really enjoyed like the fact that we were able to just go and make stuff up, and your flexibility, Dan, of just being like, okay, here we go, like absolutely, <laughs> this is now uh, now a thing. And then regretting it afterwards because <laughs> you gave us a little bit of rope to start with, and um... <laughs> kept tugging. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we, think, uh, I think rapidly the, formed a noose with it. <laughs> the thing was that you know we could do anything, but when you're you know anything you would do that would be outside what your characters you know able to do is a disadvantage. I think that's, you know, where you're, you're, it's like, cool, I want to pick up a different weapon that I haven't used before. It's like, great, everything you do is a disadvantage. I'm like, cool. <laughs> so I'll Little, go back to my sword and shield again. Really to be clear, it's not disadvantage. If it's a one-handed weapon, it's 2d6. Um, but yeah, but ultimately it makes a difference, right? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, there's nothing that really made, made us special. Everything was hey, like five or a six, and it's it, we're, we're good. And um, never really felt there's much risk in doing anything at all. Okay. No, never really felt those drawbacks for things. So um, anything we wanted to do, we could probably do. <laughs> and there wasn't really much, oh, should we do this? Should we not? Um, and then, you know, for myself, um, the episode with Blue, keeping myself at the hotel, or the the in sort of kicking myself over that and not getting not getting in, involved with the, with the group because oh uh, you know Mr Whitbird doesn't want to see all the wants to stay away from his family and things like that <laughs> but you know ended up missing out on a pretty cool event that you planned Dan and I found that's something I tend to do in other games as well and being mm -hmm. like oh I would just play it safe and hide stay out of things. I think that's where you start um, needing to lean on Henry and be like, can you quickly crochet me up some bunny ears and I will be a rabbit for the next... <laughs> yeah. but, I'm I mean... making the face again. <laughs> you are making the face again. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Whitboy. Mr. Whitber. Um, bunny boy extraordinaire. <laughs> um, but I, I did that as well in like the, mm -hmm. the episode before with the, the Dwarven Ruins. Um, staying on the ship, like on on lookout type thing. It's like, oh, you know what what happens if the hmm, if the clouds, if the mists start, 
you know, collapse in or someone tries to ambush us or whatever. And, you know, um, because of that choice, made the sort of didn't get involved in the rest of everything else. And um, so, you know, putting myself into situations to actually not play the game instead of playing the game. It's, you know, something that yeah. I do regularly. <laughs> does it make you, to change it? as a player, does it make you want to change the way that you do those things like list looking back would you do it differently and in the future would you do it differently because of how you've experienced this or do you think you'll still be inclined to do the same thing be super cautious and just be like oh you know was it a growth moment or is it just a moment of fomo um more more i guess a moment of, of of fomo but it's like knowing that it's it it can be sort of comfortable to be like oh you know nothing bad really will happen if if i'm not overly cautious type thing um and then actually i think that that's one of the reasons that role playing is just in general is so good because we get to try out being people who are different from who we are in real life and not have any like real consequences we can play a character who is cautious and stays back or play a character who's an insane murder hobo. And, you know, if you insane murder hobo in real life, there are some significant consequences, but if you, get caught. you can, yes, <laughs> if you get caught, but you can play Thanks. some of those character traits and explore what they feel like in a, in a safe space. I think that's part of the joy of role-playing in general. That you learn more about who you are if you try being slightly different versions of yourself. Well, on, I mean, on that note, I mean, uh, we just had packs here in Melbourne, and I was on the panel discussing exactly that—the social benefits of playing tabletops. And I really feel like everyone, whenever you make a character, it's usually one of three things: it's either a self-insert you're playing as yourself, it's you're playing as someone you want to be. Um, so, you know, so, something that kind of moving towards you, what, what you want to be, or you're playing an experiment, somebody who's completely different from who you are, just to see what that feels like. Um, you know, I, I really got into role-playing as opposed to just self-inserting when I played a 15-year-old teenage girl who was just an, an absolute sassy, nasty so-and-so. Um, <laughs> that's what I kind of was like, oh, so it's not just me playing a ranger, an animal companion ranger, because that's who I am, who I'd be in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that it comes down to the, the idea of, you know, I've always said that if one day I woke up with superpowers, I would really struggle not to be the villain, just because <laughs> that that sounds like so much fun. And yeah, as long as you don't get caught. How could you catch me? I got superpowers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are they going to do? Set some superhero on you? <laughs> they, yeah. don't <laughs> they don't have any superheroes. Um, and even then, I think that would be fun to be a supervillain with a superhero challenging you. You know, let's bring it on. Let's see what happens. But make a mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's, also, that's, yep. I think that's that's where it comes down to is that you know I get to experience those moments where I have unrivaled power and let's see what happens and i mean you don't get to experience in real life but if i end up rolling up a level 20 character i get to see what happens it's nice 
Okay, so that's why I'm not doing a, a high power campaign with you. You'll turn out to be the big bad guy. Just go with that. Make that the point. You're playing the villains. The heroes are your antagonists. Yeah. If you start this being too good, then, you know, your evil minions will stop yeah. respecting yeah. you and try to take over, and then they're your antagonists as well. Mm. It could be fun. Well, they will just be out, out here running the kingdom with their little henchperson, Lucky, and, and, and whatever, and then there's suddenly this <laughs> weird airship with these three little midgets and a, a thing coming through and causing <laughs> shit. <laughs> Well, we, we already found out that we're the bad guys. The dragon cultists were the good guys, and we've just, you know, doomed ourselves. While the dragon was resting to gain power to fight that evil, we uh, killed it and then let the sort the word evil upon the world. So, but but I still have one of its that. eggs, so we can still we can still save ah, the good. day. Good. <laughs> you wake no, up and look at it. <laughs> So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut here and say, Daddy, what was your highlight and low light? And or low light? Because um, you're andoring too much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Probably as a player, the low light was some of the ship-to-ship combat because it's not something that my character was really good at. It took some skills to try to get better at it, but I still got dice lice and was basically just my my golem was better at shooting the guns than I was just because of dice rolls. Mm-hmm. And because the ship only had two actions and there wasn't really much that we could do on the ship, most of us, certainly Astrakhan, couldn't do much except use the ship's actions. Mm. There was a lot of time that went past without being able to really get anything moving forward which is probably quite representative of actual ship-to-ship combat. But as a player, I didn't feel that I was really contributing all that much along the, in the, those instances. As a character, Astrakhan was having a great time shooting really badly and <laughs> vaguely worrying about Henry, who was outstanding on the hull of the ship. Um. Other than the the ship-to-ship combat, which I think would be more fun once we got into it a bit more and were a bit more experienced with it and maybe made some better choices about our ships. I actually like the system. I quite like how fast it goes. One of the things that I find with, one of, with a lot of the more rules-heavy systems, even something like Savage Worlds, which is quicker, is... Anytime you're in combat, it just takes forever to get anything done. You can spend three hours in one fight, which only takes in-game time, like a minute. So I really like how quick it is. And I like that it made us improvise because there's only so much you can do with one, two or three D6 and like two useful skills per character. Yeah. Mm. So for me, I enjoy that kind of improv and I find that it is a role-playing challenge to try to make the character do something interesting and fun without having the rules behind it. I mean, on that note, I, I, I love the Savage World system, but uh, unless you know the combat system really well, it, it's really slow. Um, yeah. it's, once you kind of know what you're doing and have spent the last turn planning it, then it works a bit better. Yeah, it's like the um, feng shui system. They 
have a combat system where you actually you literally set up a board on a table and move yourself along spaces and that's how you do the initiative and once you've done it a few times and you know what you're doing it goes quite quickly and it is very cinematic the first few times really isn't really isn't fair <laughs> enough yeah um the the goat races were fun I actually think that getting you to make the face while we planned the goat races was more fun than the racing. <laughs> but I hate how my face is all three of your highlights. <laughs> and I'm sure if Kirsty was here, it would be four for four. Yep, I don't 100%. 90% of my choices were based on trying to get that reaction of... You but you know why it is. I can't even... It's because we do something. We, we throw something at you. And you make the face which is the face of every DM who's ever had a party of awful players who throw them just curveballs every time. And and then you just go with it and give us something amazing and fun out of this like weird thing that we've just thrown at you. That That's why the face is great, because the <laughs> face comes directly before something just amazing. Thank you. Um, and then one last thing, I probably should have asked you guys this before, but do you guys have any predictions now that you are land bound? What do you think would happen if you if we continue? I assume we are, but just in case, I want to hedge my language. Um, we die from the mist? Yeah, I, I'm really curious about what's going to happen with the mist because we've been told that it's toxic. We haven't actually tested it. We've just mm -hmm. got like the dwarves who were breathing the mist Maybe the mist doesn't go all the way to the ground. It's just a layer. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's not actually toxic. Or maybe it reacts to something. But first prediction is that we're going to panic about dying of toxic mist. <laughs> and probably do something point. really stupid as a result of the panic. That's a really reasonable uh, for forecast, yeah. I thought the <laughs> other way, and that there would be a time jump. You know, like six months after or a year after and we've managed to piece our lives together in this you know husk of the hope and grace and we've built a mini town around it on the ground trying to survive under the mist instead and uh you know oh we've invented gas masks yeah something like that you know we've <laughs> we managed to survive or some half of us survived the crash and we've been living in you know the this area inside the hope and grace where there's you know, still air that we're managing to cycle and we have to step outside into the mist, that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, the, that, that was my thought, is it like a, a time jump and just to... Uh, I'm, I'm seeing the we're giving the DM bad ideas face on Dan's face right now. <laughs> and by bad, I mean <laughs> dangerous for us, but probably fun for the storytelling. Well, I mean, no, there is no. I'll confirm there is no time jump. I'll, I'll say that much. We go you straight are in. Going, All right. You're going straight into crash landing. Um, nice. Uh, sorry, Connor. Did you have a prediction as well before before I reveal too much? Before I reveal my hand? Ah, uh, no, no, I have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Well, that's the best one as well. Um, yeah, well, yeah. So, uh, Daddy, you are correct. So it's it's more of a shell situation. So very much the top layer, okay. and quite a bit of, but but quite a bit of it is highly toxic. Um, but just due to the trajectory of the hope and grace, um, you guys are going to kind of, and uh, and due to possible intervention by outside forces, um, given that you guys owe a debt collectively, mm -hmm. 
uh, uh, will survive to land. And uh, yes, you there's there's a, and that will be where it would pick up. Um, there is one other Exciting. thing that I had Who's forgotten to mention um, that you guys haven't realized that was kind of in there from the start. Um, so the blue sister obviously is is some kind of ancient female fae. Um, and the hope and grace is an anagram. Really? <laughs> Hag. Mm-hmm. So this is so this is kind of I so what I'm hope was hoping to instill with that is this idea that there's a fair bit of predestiny happening uh, in the background as well. Oh no, we're the chosen ones and the baddies. <laughs> You're the chosen baddies is is the real <laughs> secret here. Um, I'm gonna have to gonna upgrade darling uh, so hard. Yeah, we we get to a certain point in the future, and it's like you know, Danielle's dragons hat. And then in the process of us realizing we have to save the world and sending the dragon back in, in past, so we, we released the, the mist in the, in the past and <laughs> here we've created a time. Interesting. I can see us doing that. Well, um, did you guys have anything else that you wanted to add before we finish up as well? No, I don't think so. It's, uh, you know, I... Uh... I like where I left it with Henry. You know, he was he was trying to get out. He was trying to quit, and then you know, I'm just imagining at that moment he gets sucked down into the uh, into the abyss, and this is like, even when he wants to, he can't choose his own destiny. It's nice. Destiny's chosen you. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Um. So as I mentioned, so after this, there's going to be a few episodes where I do my DM prep. Uh, if mm-hmm. you guys listen, you're welcome to, but there will be some spoilers for future plans Uh-oh. as I as oh. I did some scaffolding. So up to you if you choose to or not. Um, I can't stop you because it's you guys are grown-ups. <laughs> it's online. Uh, I'll save it and listen afterwards. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then ho- if you if we're still uh, willing, there will be a second season of a similarly short campaign because I like this idea of having eight episodes done. Um, I feel like we squeeze a lot into it, into that time. Yeah. Good. I'm super keen. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And plus, I need to do all your backstories <laughs> because we only did one out of four. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they need well, to make an appearance at some point. Really going to be four seasons, right? Yeah. <laughs> backstories, um, So I'm planning for three. Actually, on that note, I'm planning for a total of three. But everything uh, three changes when the Fire Nation attacks. And then there'll be the Fire Nation attack, and that will be the full, be the full <laughs> one. It will transition to another setting, another system. <laughs> Um, and I guess on that note so the reason why I chose you guys to fight a dragon is because I feel like uh, at some point it, like every every fantasy RPG party needs to fight and kill a dragon and so I wonder how I'll be able to top that next time around good, um, good. <laughs> think about I'm it. sure you'll I'm find travel. a way I have <laughs> I have I don't, I think we'll end it there. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. It's, uh, this is actually a lot more fun, uh, a lot of fun, um, talking about it. And yeah, good kind of hearing you guys' thoughts as well, because you don't kind of do that normally in your DM stuff. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah we'll be back. This has we'll been be super great. In a few weeks. Pleasure. Thanks for Yay. revealing the secrets behind the wall. The veil has been pulled back. <laughs> Oz, the mighty and powerful. 
<laughs> I was the frantically Dan the frantically scrambling and looking for random generators online. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no attention to that generator behind the veil. <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much, guys. We'll leave it there. Thank you. All Thanks right. for listening. See ya. Cheers.